thanks for joining in tonight with us for praying through the Psalms. I'm Pastor Bo, the associate pastor here at Calvary, and we're so glad you've chosen to tune in tonight with us. And we've got another great night discussing our prayer guide. If you don't have a prayer guide, there'll be a link in the chat tonight and you can download the prayer guide and start along with us. There's no problem at all. If you've missed some of the episodes, um, you can go back and watch them on either YouTube or here on our Facebook channel. But also with us, you can start right along with us this week. There's no problem with that. And we would love for you to pray through the Psalms with us. This last week, we talked on wisdom and we read on wisdom and prayed over God giving us wisdom. And I've got Pastor Stephen, Audra with us tonight. We are going to kind of recap for a second some things about wisdom. And I know you guys were part of the discussion right last week, um, but you've got a chance now to read along with the congregation. Give me some insights. What did God remind you on wisdom? Even though you kind of, Audra especially, already knew a little bit about it because you previewed wisdom last week. What were some fresh things that God brought about as you read through the Psalms this week? I think for me, what stood out was just how wisdom is so life-giving, not only for ourselves, but for others around us. And so I think so often I get caught up where I just want the wisdom for myself. I want God to reveal it to me. And so I can make the right choices in life. But I just forget that God can speak through me and get, grant me wisdom that I can give life-giving to others. And so just realizing that wisdom is a gift from God that he also uses through us to bless others, to help them as they make life choices. And so just remembering, like we read in Psalm 37, like don't be someone who just borrows, who just wants it for yourself, but actually give it, be generous with that so we can make an impact for God. Yeah. And I think the, the, the big idea that stood out to me as I read through Psalm 37 this week, all the multiple different sections of it was just the constant reminder of how wisdom starts so many times with patience and waiting mm -hmm. that so many times in decision-making, we want to dive into it and just go and make decisions or run. But again and again, through Th Psalm 37, it says, be silent before the Lord and wait, mm -hmm. have patience in this Lord. I'm coming to you and I'm asking, I need this from you. Help me to wait and be patient for it. And, and I thought that was just, it was something for me that as I read through, it was so clear and evident through the whole Psalm of just the recurring theme of so many times in our lives to make wise choices and to live out that wisdom that we talked about. It requires us first being patient and waiting for God to speak to us. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what I, I love about the topic of wisdom and praying through it is um, throughout Psalms, but also if you read a lot of Proverbs, wisdom is something to be pursued. Mm. And so this week in particular, this last week was one of my favorites because for me, sometimes praying through the Psalms, we, we have this struggle where it's like, okay, how do we actually pray this out? Right. Well, praying for wisdom is something we, we see throughout scripture because it's something that we don't have naturally. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't become, we aren't life-giving people naturally and we definitely are not patient naturally. Right. Um, but we kind of sometimes confuse God's wisdom with knowledge or with things that we can do to earn it when in fact, I believe a lot of times the wisdom of God, being able to see things God's way actually requires a whole lot of prayer. 
and, and a whole lot of pursuit in that. And so I, I love the chance this week to be able to pray for wisdom and be able to pursue it. Um, and I know you at home probably did as well. If you didn't get a chance to, again, go back through last week's readings, read on wisdom. And I'd like for us just to pause a little bit out of the norm right now, but like, I'd like for us to pause and, and maybe tonight you haven't even thought about praying for wisdom today. Maybe you've got some things going on in your life, some choices to make. Maybe you've got some decisions in front of you. Maybe you've got some problems in relationships or things that are, are concerning you. Maybe you just want to see things in your life um, increase in wisdom. Whatever that might look like, let's just pause for a moment and ask God for that. Let's pause and ask God to make us wiser in our lives. So would you do that with me and would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for the great reminders in your word that you bestow the great gift of wisdom. And God, we, your children, sit here tonight and we ask you for that. God, we ask you, would you allow us to be wiser than perhaps our years? Be wiser than perhaps our knowledge base? God, would you bring answers through your wisdom for our lives in decisions we have to make? God, through problems that we can't seem to solve on our own. God, would you grant us that? And would you help us become people that patiently wait on you for the right wisdom in anything we are to do in the days to come. God, our world needs a lot more of your wisdom, but it starts with us, your children. And so I ask you for my friends listening tonight, would you grant them wisdom for their lives so that may, they might see productivity, God, your productivity all over their days to come. Thank you so much for this great reminder. And we thank you for Jesus who makes it possible to approach your throne and talk with you tonight. Mm -hmm. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking a time out with me to pray. I hope you enjoyed that. And I just want to encourage you as we move on from wisdom into our next topic, don't stop pursuing wisdom. Patiently wait on God to bestow his wisdom on whatever you're seeking and allow him to move you forward in your life. And with that, we move into tonight's topic, this next week's readings, which is on mercy. And so we get to talk about this great idea of mercy. And as we ask every week, I think the first thing as we prepare to read this week, guys, what does mercy how do we define it? What does it look like? Specifically, as we talk about being Christians in mercy, how will we define this idea of mercy? So let me be real with y'all. Okay. When I first think of the word mercy, I think about that game. Y'all know what I'm talking about when you were a kid and you would play mercy. You know what I'm talking about? Were you good at this game? I have older game? brothers. Yes. Oh, I know you had older brothers. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Bo, you're not quite aware. Not okay. Quite so um, there's a game that we would play growing up where you would um, connect hands with someone. And basically the goal of the of this game was to make the other person say mercy because you're twisting their hands and their arms kind of hurting them. Um, I just wasn't mean growing up. So you, yeah. Played. Okay. Right, Do not attempt this. <laughs> sorry. Uh, we, we were the babies of the family. That's what it was. Our older siblings made us play this. So when I think of mercy, I first think of that game. Now, obviously 
as I've gotten older, I realize that that is a silly kind of example of, of what mercy is and does not define it at all. But what I've learned is that mercy is a beautiful gift from God. It is something that on our own is really unfathomable because it's not anything of our natural nature to show mercy to someone. And so when you look up mercy in the dictionary, you'll know I'm a nerd and I like to look things up and be official. Um, it says that it is compassion or forgiveness towards someone, shown towards someone, when they really don't deserve it, when the person has all the power to not grant that to them. And so um, when you take it one step further, because we know what mercy could look like in our worldview, but what does mercy look like in scripture? What do we see God say about mercy? And I went to the New Testament. There's two great passages that I think really explain what mercy looks like for us that we see from God. And the first one is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And it says, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ. It goes on, and there at the end we see, By who God's power being guarded through faith, ready for salvation to be revealed in the last time. And what we see right off the bat there is that God's mercy gives us life. On our own, we could not have this um, faith, this salvation, because we're fallen. We're, we can't even measure up. But because of God's mercy for us, we have this forgiveness through Jesus. It goes on. Um, another passage that stood out to me in the New Testament is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The main um, verse is verses 4 and 5. By, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love that he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive through, with Christ, and by grace we have been saved. And so we see right there that forgiveness, what we see in mercy, is that it's God's graciousness, his great love for us. When we don't deserve it, but he shows it to us because of his compassion towards us. Um, I think about, too, with mercy, it's realizing that it's being given to us, even if we don't even fully realize that we need it or that we want it. It's bestowed to us. It's given to us because of God's nature, because of who he is. Yeah. It's a really interesting topic because I think if we're not, if we're not, if we're honest, you know, we tend to re relate more, I think, toward justice. Mm -hmm. We don't understand laws and laws in our country, society. We understand if someone breaks laws, then there's penalties and, you know, we want justice. If we're wronged, we want the offender to have something, you know, be done to them, right? right? We want justice to be served. And so when it gets to mercy, a lot of times it's a little bit harder to understand the idea of forgiveness, especially when there's no deserving of that forgiveness for right. the person, you know? So it's a very important topic. Why this week is this important, especially as we talk about prayer, praying through the Psalms, you know, why, why does this stick out as important for us and for our congregation reading with us? Yeah, I think there's, you know, also, in this conversation of mercy, an interesting part of it is that there's really two prongs when we're talking about mercy. We're talking, first and foremost, about the mercy that God has given us. And we're going to see that as we read these Psalms, how God has extended mercy to us, how David is asking God, please have mercy on me, continue to show mercy to me. 
But then the second side of mercy that plays out is the response of, God, you have been merciful to me, and so now I, in turn, should show mercy to others. And I think, you know, um, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is teaching, um, and he talks about mercy and forgiveness, and he teaches in a parable. And he talks about a king um, or a ruler who has all of these people who owe him all this money. And he decides that time has come for him to begin collecting his debts. And so he calls this guy in and the guy says, I can't pay. And the king says, well, tough luck. The punishment for that is you're going to be thrown in jail until, you know, you can, until your debt can be worked off, until your debt can be repaid. And the man immediately begins to beg and say, please don't do this to me. You know, please, can we not figure something out? And the king in a moment of mercy says, you know what? You're right. Your debt is complete. You don't have to pay it back. You don't have to work it off. Your debt is forgiven. Um, you know, go and live in peace. No worries. The story goes that the man is very thankful and he leaves and he runs into a guy who has borrowed a small sum of money from him. And he immediately um, calls the authorities on this guy and demands that he has his money back. And when the man can't repay it, he demands that he be punished and thrown in jail. And word gets back to the king of what has happened. And the king calls him in and he says, what in the world are you doing? Did you not see the mercy that I extended to you? And you in turn could not do that for others. So I think this week, that story as I was reading through these Psalms and kind of thinking about this idea of David calling out to be reminded of God's mercy and constantly keeping that at the forefront of his mind. The theme that kind of stood out to me and the idea that sort of really resonated with me as I connected it to this, this parable in Matthew chapter 18 is the idea of mercy not simply being something this week that we're praying and saying, God, thank you for the mercy that you've given us, because we see that that's something that David reminds us of often. It's prayers of, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being merciful. But then that backside of it as well, of saying, God, praying in our life this week and saying, God, thank you for the mercy that you've shown to me. Now help me to be someone who shows mercy as well. And I think for a believer, that's like such an important part of mercy. And as we hear that kind of, that, that definition and that idea of the way that mercy works in our lives, um, seeing how God has given us mercy and then we in turn show mercy to one another. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what an important topic. I mean, and it's so foreign, like even as I think about my life as a pastor, a Christian for a long time, like there's so many times I would never say that like I'm trying not to be merciful, Right. But I can look to my life and go, well, yeah, I want like, if this company doesn't do me right, then I want it to be done right. I want to be treated equitably. Or if this person wrongs me, then I want them to be punished for that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and we may not use those terms, but that's what we, what we feel is right. It's yeah. kind of a sense right. of justice that we all have, you know. Well, I think you're exactly right. It goes back to what you said before of that idea of justice. We, for, for the vast majority of us, if we were to create a scenario and say, okay, here's person A, and person A was done wrong by person B, what should the resolution be? The vast majority of us would say, okay, the resolution should be person B should have to do something to make things right with person A. And mercy kind of flips that completely upside down because in that moment, everyone or the vast, the majority of people are on person A's side. And person A says, I know that I have the upper hand. I know that I have the power in this situation. And yet I am choosing to say, no, it's fine. Yeah. I don't want you to, and not only, I think the real thing for Christians as well is it's not only is it the avoidance of justice, but you know, the gift of salvation that right. the believers receive yeah. in that and the mercy that God shows us. And so it's not simply the, 
the, the, the, the person who has done wrong is let off the hook. It's almost that idea of them being rewarded on the other side of it in spite of their behavior mm -hmm. as well. And I would say, too, I think remembering that mercy is an op When we show mercy to others, it's an opportunity for us to share the gospel because it's not on our own. It's not natural at all. We want that justice. We want that vengeance because of our hurt, our emotions, but because of God's mercy towards us. When we show that mercy towards others, it's going to make people say, well, there's something different about you. Why, why on earth with you with this power, you have every right to hold this against me. Why would you forgive me in this moment? And it's just another chance for us to stand out and be a light in the world and make an impact for the kingdom. Yeah, that's beautiful. It really is. Um, but I, as you were talking, I'm also thinking, it really is beautiful. <laughs> but as you're talking, I mean, I'm also thinking though, like, yes, I mean, obviously we want everybody watching to do it for the gospel's sake. I mean, that should be our motivation. Right. At the same time, as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, we all want justice when we're on the side where we need justice to be done. Yeah. But when yeah. we're the offender, mm -hmm. we all want a little mercy. Oh, yeah. When you, especially when you realize you've done something wrong, right, to another person. And no matter what you do, you really can't make it right. You've hurt right. feelings or you offended in some deep way. Boy, you want to be shown mercy in that moment, mm -hmm. you know. And I think what we realize in, in the scripture, but also in our lives is that, if we want to receive mercy when it's time for us to receive it, we've got to be people that practice it as well, mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of times, man, we've got to treat people as we want to be treated. That's what yeah. Jesus right. says, you know? And so it's like, well, yeah, if I want to receive mercy when it's my time that I've screwed up and maybe didn't get that thing in on time for my boss or maybe yeah. I've hurt somebody's feelings or whatever, well, then if I am the boss, well, I've got to give my my person under me a little bit of grace if they're not on time or if I've been hurt, I've got to kind of process that and allow some grace mm -hmm. to be shown, you know, so. It seems like a good time to bring up that I forgot to turn that thing in. Okay, on. well, you know, no. you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. Watch um, this I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's, it's the idea that yes, obviously we know that for the gospel's sake, right, right we shine best when we show off Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I also think there is an intrinsic, we know intrinsically mm -hmm. that it feels amazing to be on the recipient of mercy, yeah. you know, and that should be a motivator for us to want to do that for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's what the parable in Matthew chapter 18, uh, the ending of that parable is the king pulls the guy back in who has, you know, thrown this guy under him in jail after receiving this mercy. And, and he doubles the punishment of the guy who originally the debt that he couldn't pay off originally, he doubles the punishment of it. And the guy who would not show mercy then takes all of the wrath from the leader mm -hmm. in that moment. And it's such a great reminder that, that we want, all want that mercy and to, you know, begin that process, we need to start showing it mm -hmm. to others because that's, that's how the parable goes. Jesus yeah. ends it by saying, giving that point of, if you don't show mercy to others, mercy will not be shown to you. Yeah, it's yeah. a great reminder. And so I think with that, we'll begin to walk through the days. I just want to remind everybody at home, if you don't have the guide, you can pull it up. There's a link in the chat. Um, and we're just going to kind of preview days one through five. Again, you've got two days off. So like you got plenty of time. And in fact, if you're behind, two days to catch up along the way. But it's really a great reading plan, a great chance if you're, if you're looking for something to dip your toes into God's word this year. Walk along with us this week, and, and why don't y'all give them um, a highlight of days one through five and kind of what we're going to be praying through, talking through the Psalms there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so last week we had a, a really cool opportunity where all our entire reading plan was Psalm 37 last week. So each day was a small section 
of Psalm 37. We walked through the entire thing. Um, this week, we're back to kind of more of our, our normal reading plan where we're going to bounce around the book of Psalms and kind of grab some, some small snippets and, and pieces of different Psalms that deal specifically with mercy. And the first Psalm that we're going to read is Psalm 13. We're going to start reading the whole of Psalm 13. It's only 12 verses though, so it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a big one. Um, but we're going to dive into Psalm chapter 13. And what we really begin to see unfold in Psalm 13 is this idea of um, the, the idea of uh, God's mercy leading us to trust him no matter our situation. And what we see is, is David lays out in Psalm 13 all of these things that are going on against him. He basically sets the stage for the middle of Psalm chapter 13. He sets up, God, these are the things that are going wrong. These are the things that are going against me. These are all the things that are happening. And then we come to verse 5 and he says, But I have trusted in your faithfulness, and my heart will rejoice in your mercy and your salvation. And it's such a great reminder that David, in the middle of a situation, um, he didn't panic. He doesn't begin to just, you know, uh, begin to freak out or turn to all these different things. Uh, but he says, God, I'm trusting you because of your mercy that you have for me. God, I know that there have been times in my life where I've been in situations like this, situations where maybe I deserve to be in that situation or I don't deserve to be in that situation or whatever. And you have been merciful to me in those moments. And so, God, I'm going to trust you because of your mercy. And it's a great reminder to us that, you know, we, as we talk about mercy, there is kind of the, the big picture idea of salvation and God's mercy towards us in, in being gracious and in, in saving us from our sins, but then kind of the more specific mercy of, God, I need mercy in this moment, these things like this. And David is really kind of calling to this idea of, uh, God, you have been merciful in my life in, in a big picture way. And God, because of that big picture mercy, I can trust you today. And it's such a great reminder for us that, that our trust is built on a God who is merciful to us. Mm -hmm. I think, too, when you think of those moments of mercy that you've had one-on-one -on -one with relationships, um, when you look back, those are moments where trust is built because of that mercy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was to offend you and I was to show you mercy you would start to trust me even more because you would say, man, look at what you did for me. And so in that, we should be able to look back over our lives and see the big picture mercy moment with God of salvation. And then even the daily ones to say, well, of course, I'm going to trust you because I've, you've shown me time and time again that I can trust you. It's a great reminder because even in a moment of that example that you give, even in a moment where there, there may be hurt feelings or, you know, something done that's, um, you know, wrong or a wrong done towards one another or something like that. Trust is built when both parties begin to say, no, I know who you are and I'm going to show you mercy in this situation no matter what. It then really kind of begins to free you up to be like, not that, you know, you then begin to live and say, I'm going to intentionally hurt this person because I know that like they're going to have mercy me, yeah. on me, like whatever, I'm just going to walk all over them. But it does build that trust of as long as I'm living in good faith and I'm, I'm doing what, you know, is right and things like that. There are going to be moments where we rub each other the wrong way or where we have conflict, but I still trust. My trust is still built because I know that this person will show mercy to me. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that begins to happen with God in our lives. We, we see this, this big picture mercy. And then as we experience it daily, it builds that idea of trust in our lives and saying, I know when I mess up. 
when I have moments of weakness, when I have moments of failure, that God's mercy is still going to be there for me, that I can trust him because of his mercy that he's shown towards me? Yeah, I would even add that, um, you know, from an individual relationship point of view, extreme mercy that's shown a lot of times gives you the motivation to straighten up your act. Mm. Like, you may offend again. We're not perfect people. So in that specific person-to-person example, you might offend again. But if it's over the same thing, then you're really like the guy that goes and doesn't forgive the debt in the parable, you know. And so what mercy does a lot of times is, in fact, put you on your heels like, whoa, maybe I need to really think about that next time because man look at what this was just done for me and the same is true of god that's what you're saying with god is yes daily there's stuff but also god's mercy for our lives motivates us to want to cut sin out of our lives and Mm -hmm. makes us want even though we do mess up we want not to mess up you know we want to follow his plan follow his way and therefore man we're so grateful for it so we do are motivated in that way yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely well Day one goes into day two, and as Pastor Stephen said, we're going to be jumping around the psalm. So we're going to day two, which is Psalm chapter 25, verses 4 through 7. Um, the verse that stood out to me was, in particular, verse 6, in which it says, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. And my big takeaway from this was that God's mercy is steadfast and cannot be shaken. Um, one of my favorite words to describe God, who he is, his nature, his character, everything is the word steadfast. And because that means that it is resolute, unwavering, firm. And so what we see here is that God's mercy is steadfast towards us. It's something that's been there from the beginning of time and will be there till the end of time. And so I think about even us, like we can be so flippant with mercy of like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good today. Okay. Or, uh, all right, that maybe wasn't too bad. I'll show you mercy. But God is never withholding that from us. It is steadfast, ready to be there for us when we realize, God, I need this mercy from you. I need your forgiveness, even though I know there's nothing that I can do to earn it. And I think, too, that shows us when we are dealing with others, we need to be steadfast with mercy towards others. Like you said, not be a doormat, but show that mercy with that steadfastness because just like I said, it's been there from the beginning of time. We can read through scripture. That's what I love about scripture is that it gives us these examples where we see God's mercy over and over and over again. And it's going to continue for us. Therefore, I'm going to show that to others as well throughout whatever I experience in life. And it's such a a great reminder. It, It makes me think as you're talking about it, as we reflect on some of these Wednesday night discussions that we've done where we've talked about the fruit of the spirit. We talked about people of faith. We talked about uh, very back to the very first one we did, the names of God. And the, the theme that we've kind of hit on in a lot of these is um, that, that these, these attributes that we see God give or, or part of God's character, or even into the names of God that describe him and show us more of who he is and reveal some of his character the idea and the reality that they never change. Right. Because, you know, you're exactly, the story that we see of the king, you know, uh, mercy changes and it, people, some people show it and some people don't. There's not sort of like a baseline in our world of like, okay, this is how much mercy everyone is going to get from other individuals. It's kind of all based on like, you know, if you do something against someone else or something happens, you're kind of caught in this like, well, I really hope they show mercy, but there's no 
precedent for it, and right. they may not, and that's kind of up to them. But it is just a great reminder that, you know, these things that we see about God, and this week as we're praying and saying, God, thank you for your mercy. God, continue to show mercy on us, that, re that, that reassurance that, like, mercy is part of who he is. Mm -hmm. It's steadfast. It's not changing. You're not going to wake up one day, and God's not going to say, eh, you know, I really feel like being merciful today. Yeah, it stinks for you. Like, I hate that you messed up today. Because I'm just really not feeling merciful. You know, yeah. um, it's such a great reminder that it's just, that's who he is. Yeah, and that's a great word. Because I know there's probably people listening in that really struggle on a daily basis, maybe in self-confidence of who they are. Or maybe they struggle with um, some personal things, struggles that they hang up, she can't get over. Things that maybe you know God doesn't approve of, but you can't find a way quite to cut that out yet. Um God's steadfastness and mercy is a great reminder that if you're a child of God, it really doesn't matter. Like, yeah, um, like I said earlier, I want you to be motivated. And I think you are, if you're so aware that you feel bad, I think you are aware that you don't want to do that again before God. But God's there each and every time saying, my mercy is steadfast. I will forgive and forgive and I will be the offended party. And it doesn't matter because I sent my son so that you might come to me. And so it's just a great reminder for those that might be listening that feel a little hopeless maybe in some area of their life where they just are stuck, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it, it, day two and day three are really going to uh, hit at the same theme because so day two, I mean, day three, we flip over to Psalm 86 and we get to verse five and six in the section that we're reading here. And it, it plays right into what the conversation we're just having. He says, you Lord, you are kind and you're ready to forgive abounding in faithful love to all who call on you. Lord, hear my prayer and listen to my plea for mercy. Mm. And it's, it plays into this same idea again of that God is there. He wants to hear our cries for mercy and that we can call out to him. And the, the principle I think we see is that God's mercy um, toward us, it should lead us to call on him in our time of trouble because what begins to happen what we see in our lives, again, we're people who we learn from the things around us. We learn from interactions that we have. And if we're not careful, we begin to take the interactions that we have with one another and just generally ascribe those to God as well. Say, okay, this is how my friend treated me. And so this is how God operates as well. Or this is how the world functions. And so God functions in the same way. And what begins to happen is sometimes we, we are people who we try to hide our offenses we try to take things that, that we have done that we know other people would not like and we try to bury them or stick them in a closet and say, okay, I'm going to keep this as far away from people as I can because of the disappointment that it would cause, because this may offend so-and-so. I, I don't want people to see this side of me, so I'm going to try and hide this. I'm going to try to put this away. I'm going to try to keep this from people. And David kind of goes in the opposite direction with his prayer for mercy here. And he says, Lord, you are kind and you are ready to forgive. You abound in faithful love. He says, listen to my plea for mercy. And it's such a great reminder to me as I was reading and preparing and thinking about this week that what a shift and a change it would be in our lives if we as people of faith begin to take this idea and say, man, when I'm in trouble or when, I, when I'm struggling with sin or when I have things going on in my life, if instead of trying to bury that and hide that away and trying to keep that to myself, that, that I went before the Lord and said, God, you, you see every part of me, you know my struggle, you know, my, you, know, you know what's going on inside of me, but God, I'm calling on you again for your mercy. 
because I know you love me. I know you care for me. I know you hear me. I've seen this steadfast mercy. God, show it to me again. Mm -hmm. How radically that would change our lives from living in kind of this shame and guilt of hiding things and keeping things behind closed doors and thinking to ourselves foolishly, man, I really hope God doesn't find out about this. Or I really hope that this doesn't come back up at some point in time. But kind of the freedom that it brings of saying, in my time of trouble, in my time of conviction and shame and guilt and those different things, instead of hiding, I'm saying, God, I know that you are rich in mercy. And God, I know that your love for me is, is, is never failing. God, I need you in this moment. Mm-hmm. I think, too, if we were to reflect on those moments where someone came and asked us for forgiveness, asked us for mercy. I think in those moments, we realize how much of a blessing that is and like how meaningful it is to have that moment where someone says, I know I messed up and I am so sorry. The connection that's there. Um, Imagine that with what you were just saying about going to God and, and saying he wants to hear our cries for mercy because of his love, because he is going to give it to us. And so realizing that it's not this moment of weakness, it's this moment of connection with God to say, God, I'm crying out to you because I want you to know how sorry I am and how much I know I'm in need of your mercy right now. And so I think it's if we would shift to, okay, I'm going to go tattle on myself into, no, God, I'm going to connect with you and realize and value your holiness over my fallenness, knowing you're going to be there for me and you're going to give me that mercy. And I think connection is such a, a great term to put on it because... Um, what happens is, you know, in the relationships that we see around us, what we're afraid of, and what unfortunately happens is if we take that approach and go to people and say, hey, I said this about you behind your back. Hey, I did this and it crossed this line. Hey, this happened or things like that. It fractures that relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it, can, it has the ability to fracture a connection or something like that. And we then begin to think, well, man, I I don't want to disappoint God. I don't want, you know, this to come between me and God or something like that. And that's where the reminder from David comes in of that steadfast mercy that never changes, that never shakes. It's God, because of your mercy, because I know that your mercy is, is overwhelming, that connection that we have is not going to be broken. That connection that we have is not going to be shaken because I know that you're rich in mercy towards me. Mm, That's good. That's good. Day four. Day four. So day four, we're going to be jumping to Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. And the verses that stood out to me were verses 9 and 10. And it says, he, referring to God, will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And the standout to me, the takeaway that I took was God's mercy for us is extravagant and it should humble our hearts. Um, What we see there is it says very plainly, what we do, he will forgive us, even though like he's not going to repay us according to what we've done, the iniquities that we've brought against him. Um, When I think about this, that's really like over the top. That's above anything we would ever be able to do on our own or even think on our own. But yet he does it for us. He gives us this mercy that's extravagant that's nothing like we could ever repay back and in turn we should be humbled by that that should make us realize how holy he is how 
powerful he is and how feeble we are on our own. But yet that connection, what we just talked about, allows us to be able to commune with him and have that mercy in a way that that extravagance should just bubble over and, and really just change us. Yeah, it reminds me, as you said, that, that, that word extravagant and over the top. It makes me think of Peter in the New Testament. Um, there's, you know, the famous story where Peter comes to Jesus. And, and we've kind of talked around this, how the idea of mercy and forgiveness kind of go hand in hand and work with one another. And Peter comes to Jesus and the disciples have been discussing and they say, Jesus, how many times should we forgive our brother who offends us? And, you know, and, and Peter goes out of his way and says, I mean, like, we kind of agreed on seven because seven feels like round a lot, you know, like a <laughs> lot of times. And Jesus says, no, not seven, but I tell you, 70 times seven. And gives Peter this number that is kind of like, there's no way that I'd be able to keep up with whether I've forgiven you. Are you trying to do math right now? Oh, Don't do this it. is our weak point right here. A lot of times. So whether or not <laughs> I've forgiven you a lot of times. And what Jesus was trying to show Peter in this moment is that as believers, that, that it's our responsibility, it's our call to go above and beyond just as God has gone above and beyond for us. And he gives Peter this crazy example because he knows uh, of the forgiveness and the mercy that God has shown us that goes above and beyond anything that we could really describe or imagine or even kind of begin to like fully realize and understand in our lives of how God is just, he is just merciful. There's no like if, ands, or buts. It's like, well, God will be merciful as long as it meets these parameters. Or God will be merciful as long as you keep it under this many times. And you don't do the same over and over. It's just God is merciful to those who ask for it. Yeah, exactly. it's, it, That's just so over the top. It's a great, great, great point. Mm -hmm. So when's a moment in y'all's life where someone went over the top and your hearts were humbled? Let me ask you that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give you my example to give you a little time to think, um, but I want you to kind of, because I think that's the best example is when we see it fleshed out in human form. I think so many times we can relate to what God the Father does for us on a daily basis. Um, I can remember real particularly as you, you guys were talking, I was thinking about a moment in my teenage years where I royally screwed up you know, really badly. And um, I thought I was going to be punished forever for it. Like it was one of those moments where, you know, my father made it very clear that like I was toast for a while. And, um, and, you know, I think maybe because my parents knew I was very, very sorry. I really, I recognized what I did was wrong. It was a, it was a mistake. And I pretty immediately recognized that once I was called to the carpet and kind of brought to the light with it. Um, and I can remember um, something at school or some kind of social function that I was supposed to go to and I wasn't going to get to go to. Um, I can remember my dad walking, or maybe it was my mom, but one of them coming up to me and saying, hey, I know you thought you weren't going to go to that thing, but you're going to get to. And I, I remember being blown away. Like when you said humble mm -hmm. hearts, I can remember there's a few moments like that in my life. But in that moment, like I can remember my heart being like, I don't deserve to go to this. Like, I don't deserve to get to do anything. And I, I, and looking back, I mean, now as a, as a guy with my own kids, I guess my parents saw my repentance mm -hmm. and decided that maybe it was okay to offer a little bit of mercy in that right. moment. You know, I, I'd have to ask them. But I can remember as a teenager that having a very big impact. I can still remember today because my heart was humbled. And as you yeah. talked about that, I remember that feeling of, of my heart being humbled in that moment. So, anyway. I can... Oh, are you oh, ready? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a few more minutes. I can think of a relationship, but just 
I think all of us can admit some relationships have a little more baggage than others. And so I have a particular relationship in my family and there's just some baggage with it. And I have been on the end of being able to give extravagant mercy towards someone and it's still humbling me at the same time. And so in that moment of just recognizing, hey, look, there's some baggage with this. There's a wrong that's happened. I'm going to forgive you and we're going to let go of this and we're not going to look back anymore. And I remember that moment, just like you said, like I can remember where I was and in how humbled I felt that um, God was allowing me to be a part of this because through that relationship, I've been able to since then share the gospel with them, that they never would have listened to me beforehand if I hadn't have shown that mercy to them in that situation. And so as we've continued to walk life together as their dear family member, I've been able to say, hey, remember this moment? Well, this is why I was able to do that. And it's only because of Jesus. It's only because of that mercy that God gave me that I'm able to give it to you. And they actually like listen and they never would have listened, I don't think, if we hadn't had that moment of mercy so many years ago. And so, yeah. Yeah, great example of mercy in my life. Um, when, I, when I first moved here, uh, I was teaching PE classes here at the school. And um, man, I was struggling with it. I was, not, yeah, I was not great at like lesson plans and like what we were doing. <laughs> we had a thing called Free Play Friday and Friday was the only day we did PE. And so like, I mean, it was just, it was a mess. And you know, I, I had never like done any teaching or anything like that before. And so it, like, I, I was just, I was really struggling with like keeping kids in line, like, and just figuring out how to even begin doing this or whatever. And I got an email from the principal one day that was like, Hey, we're going to need to talk about Lord your PE classes. And I, I was like, okay, cool. Well, that was a good two weeks. Like, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's it. And, um, I'll never forget. She brought me into the office and we sat down together and we were talking and she asked me some questions. And, and I mean, from the gate, I was just like, I know, I know, I know, I'm really sorry, I know. And she stopped me and she said, no, no, no. She said, um, here are all the things that, you know, are, are like not going the way we want them to. Here are all the things that you're doing wrong, you know, type thing. And then she said, and here's the plan for how we're going to move you forward and, mm-hmm. and, and get you better at these things. And I just remember in that moment being like, well, that's not, that's not how I thought this conversation was going to go. And it was just a really cool moment for me that like in a moment where it could have just been kind of a, a you know, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't working out, right. you know, better luck next time type thing that they took the time to say, hey, not only are we going to, uh, you know, overlook is not the right word because there were corrections that had to be made and, there, you know, things like that. But it was not just we're just going to punish or we're just going to cut ties and go. Mm-hmm. But it was the, the mercy side of saying, we want to help you grow in this. We want to help you get better in this. And we want to help you move forward in this mm-hmm. instead of leaving you where you are and not giving you any way to uh, like progress or help mm-hmm. fix these things. Yeah, that's great examples. Really good examples. And uh, the reason I wanted to talk about that is because I just think the idea of having a humble heart, like being humbled in a moment it really comes through in mercy more than probably even other things in our lives because these type of moments are not normal and they do right. just kind of take your breath away. They blow yeah. you away. And that's really a, a slight taste of 
the extravagance as we were talking about of what Jesus did, right. you know, and so it's a great tangible expression mm-hmm. of what we we should feel and we do feel for the salvation that Jesus brings. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, let's let's go on to day five. You lead us perfectly into it with that, that statement leads us perfectly into it because um, day five, the principle that we take away from it is, is that God's mercy toward us, it, it's shown in compassion and patience. Mm-hmm. And I really think that as we think about God's mercy and as we read Psalm 145 on this day, a small section of it, that's the theme that's going to stand out, is that God's great mercy to us is shown in his compassion and his patience. Uh, Verse 8 says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and great in his faithful love towards us. And it's such a reminder that mercy really begins there. It begins with God's compassion towards us, not a vindictive God who waits for the mistake to say, I knew you were going to mess up. I got you. But it begins before that, that God in his great mercy says, I am going to show compassion and I am going to be patient. Mm -hmm. Because so many times if we think about like frustrations and, and, um, you know, uh, conflicts that we have with people, it's born out of this, this kind of like lack of patience on our part. We think, okay, this person should get this right on the first time and they don't get it right on the first time and boom, it leads to conflict or it leads to a situation where one party is upset with the other. And it's just such a flip again of what we see that God's mercy is shown to us through compassion and patience. Mm -hmm. That where God says, I'm gonna show compassion to you in this situation and I'm going to have patience with you as you work on this, Mm -hmm. as you grow, as you move forward in these things, I'm going to have patience with you. There's not a moment where we don't see in the life of a believer that we make a decision to follow Jesus and we commit our lives to follow him and then wake up the next morning and there is not an expected, you know, hey, you got saved last night. You're not supposed to think that anymore. You're not supposed to act that way anymore. You're not supposed to do that anymore. There's the patience of, okay, now it's the process of growing and God's mercy is there for us in compassion and patience. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we can kind of almost come up with these deadlines that we feel like, okay, I'll show them mercy and I'll show them forgiveness if they apologize to me by a certain time. But what we see is that God says, no, I'm going to be patient. And when you do call upon me, when you do say, okay, Lord, I need your forgiveness in this. I need you to help me forgive others. He's always going to give it. There's not this timeline that it has to be met. And because of that great um, patience that he has towards us. And I do think you're right on of the compassion. That's what fuels it is that he truly is compassionate towards each other, towards us, feels for us and loves us, which is not natural necessarily for us. That's something we have to develop over time. But thank goodness God just in his nature, has that compassion and love for us from the get-go. What you said at the beginning of that, it it just stuck out to me so good because sometimes we do this. We have mercy in our hearts. We're willing to show mercy to other people, but we put qualifiers on Mm -hmm. it. We say, well, yeah, I'll be merciful to this person if they come and do this, if they do that, if they show me this, then I will show mercy to them. We kind of feel a little bit good about ourselves. We're like, man, I'm willing to be merciful. I, you know, I'm willing to be the bigger man in this situation right. if they meet all of these kind of requirements. And it's just such a flip where it begins for God, not from a position of like, well, yeah, if Stephen does this, then I will show him my mercy. Right. Then I will be compassionate and patient with him. 
it is from the get-go, from before I even make a mistake, God says, I'm showing compassion and mercy and patience to you. Yeah. It really wraps out kind of an awesome week of reading about God's mercy and seeing David call out to God for mercy and be reminded of the trust that we can build, the steadfastness, how it works in our lives, no matter the situation. Mm -hmm. And it kind of culminates all of it together with this idea of as we're processing through all this and working through all this, it's motivated by God's compassion and patience that he has towards us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's a great reminder that um, as we pray through it this week, really and truthfully, I mean, that's kind of the goal is that we would be reminded of God's mercy as we pray mm -hmm. and that God would extend upon us great wisdom from last week in showing mercy to others. Because mm -hmm. there's, we don't have time tonight, but there's all kinds of questions I know that you get into in this topic of how much is too much, you know, right. okay, I've extended mercy. Am I becoming a doormat? All these kind of questions. I know that's difficult. What I would just leave it with us tonight on those type of questions is, as you pray, I do think God does bring great clarity to how far to extend mercy right. and when it's time to put up some barriers or yeah. some great boundaries, healthy mm -hmm. things for people so that someone, specifically talking about someone else, doesn't abuse a relationship, which is a whole different scenario. And yeah. so mm -hmm. um, that's why prayer is so important is because in that God grants us the the amount of mercy we need, whereas God infinitely, he can take it. Right. He can take everything we can throw at him, you yeah. know, so it's just a little different there, but man, what a great week. So let's wrap it up. What are some main takeaways, some things that as you think about people praying through this idea of mercy this week, what are some things that you hope they take away from this week? I think for me, the, the as I was preparing, the, the one that really stuck out and resonated with me the most is, um, when David is praying and he just, he, he lays out everything that's going on in his life before God. And he says, he basically says, and God, I'm telling you all this because I know of your great mercy that you have for me. And for my own life, I, I'm a very like personal and private person who I, I kind of lean in that direction of, I'm going to keep all of my stuff to me and I'm going to hold everything kind of really close to myself. Um, and it was just such a great reminder for me that like, you know, that freedom that David felt because of God's mercy in that. Mm -hmm. And so I would hope that this week as we pray through mercy and read on mercy, that it would be a great reminder to a lot of you who are watching and really a moment of kind of freedom in that of saying, I don't have to try to hold this stuff to myself or hold this stuff in personally, that even if, you know, it's not, you know, okay, I'm going to stand up on stage on Sunday morning and say, Hey, everybody, here's all the things I'm struggling with. But even in a moment of, of journaling, of prayer, of whatever it might be, saying, God, here's everything, and, and I need your help in this. God, I know that you have mercy for me in this, and so I'm just going to lay it all out in front of you, and I need you in this, in this moment. I'd have to echo that of just realizing that we can call out to him and that he's going to meet us with that steadfast mercy that we've talked about. So taking the moment, taking the time to say, okay, God, I want this connection with you. I want to call out to you because I know you're going to be there. I know you're going to grant me the mercy. And I'm not just calling out to you because I want your mercy. I'm calling out to you because I know that you deserve to hear me call out to you. You deserve for me to ask for forgiveness. And I know in return, that great steadfastness that you have for me will be there and you will grant it to me. Mm -hmm. 
Those are great reminders. And so I hope as you hear us discuss this idea of mercy that you will engage this week. Um, if you've got family or friends that need to read in the Word, maybe that's a great thing to pass along to them. But ultimately, we hope that you enjoy your time praying through the topic of mercy this week. And it impacts your faith in an amazing way and maybe allows you also to show some extra mercy maybe in places where you never have before. Mm -hmm. And so I do hope that you enjoy your reading with us. Uh, we'll have Sunday church here at 10 a.m. Pastor Stephen will be back at lunchtime Monday to, to talk about this idea of mercy. So you want to make sure you're tuning in next Monday and obviously next Wednesday as we recap and go into our next topic with praying through the Psalms. But thanks so much for tuning in and we hope you have a great night.